0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host Joe Delara, and I'm riding solo today. We're going to give you a quick hitter podcast. We're kind of hitting that lull in the time of summer right now, where we just got a little bit of baseball. We got some WNBA there, which is still pretty fun, but it's not you know it's not as easy to watch. Like some of the games are on in the middle of the afternoon, so it's nice if you can get a screen up at work. Not that I condone that, obviously, but like if you could um and you know we're still waiting on nba it's after summer league which was a blast and we had a great time there uh, i'm glad that we hedged on our happiness with that Knicks future to win the summer league still had a really nice plus eight unit cash on summer league so nothing to shake an eye out on there um but the thing that i wanted to talk about first here is the juan soto contract juan soto turned down a 15 year or 14 year or $440 million contract. And look, it's a lot of money. And a lot of people are saying like, well, like that would have been like, you know, one of the richest or the richest contract in baseball history. But if you really think about this, is it? Because he's 23 years old now. He's got two more years where he's arbitration eligible and then he'll be a free agent. Right now on his arbitration deal, he is making a base salary of $17.1 million Um, next year. You have to imagine this is going to jump. You have to imagine that this is going to jump up maybe to like an 18, maybe like a 19, maybe a 20, uh, and and probably setting potentially even some records on this because last season he – only made $8.5 million, and it jumped nearly $10 million on this contract. So this arbitration number is going to be crazy next season, Um, and especially the year after that. So he's got a pretty good amount of bargaining room, obviously barring any type of injury. That's really the big concern here. And this contract would be $29.33 million per year. And this is, I think, where you get the hang up, because when you're looking at average annual value, there's a pretty good amount of people that make more than that right now. Um, and he would just slot in just ahead of Chris Sale, who makes 29 million per year. Um, but he would fall behind Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Mike Trout, Carlos Correa, Steven Strasburg, Anthony Rondon, Francisco Lindor, Trevor Bauer. Well. know he's not making anything right now scumbag but then then you got Corey seager nolan arenado miguel cabrera david price mookie betts manny machado that's a long list of players there and the thing to think about is you know with the way that the federal government is just printing money and the way that inflation goes to sign a 15-year deal at 29 million dollars per year, we've seen like in the NBA how these contracts have absolutely exploded with these new media deals and everything else. And at to not get the highest average annual value, I think is tough when you're when you're a guy like Juan Soto. I mean, Scherzer's contract's crazy at the 43.3, and then even Coles is 36. But like Mike Trout signed a 12-year deal with a 426 and a half million dollar valuation on that contract. And that's 35 million a year. So if you're Soto, maybe you give up a couple million in terms of the, you know, the arbitration years coming up, but there's no reason that he can't sign a contract like that. That's going to pay him more annually and maybe even give him more flexibility because he's going to be actually younger than Trout was when Trout hit free agency. So, It's a really interesting dichotomy, but let's say hypothetically he wanted to make more per year than like than than trout, you know, because Scherzer's number is insane. And then that would make him the highest per, you know, position player per year. Let's say, let's call it 36 million a year, right? Thirty-six million a year for fifteen years would be a five hundred and forty million dollar contract, if for over fifteen years. So if you divided even, if you had even say five, whatever it, you know, even if you wanted to be a five hundred million dollar guy, that would be thirty-three point three million. So it wouldn't be the most, but it would be the highest in terms of total value on the contract. So I feel like knowing knowing him, knowing his agent, uh, seeing the position that they're in. I could see this going that way. Um, And the only teams that really have the assets to trade for somebody like that are, you know, these big market teams that can afford to pay that to a position player, an outfielder, commit that money so long-term and, you know, be willing to pay that you're going to, you're going to be looking at a major market. So whether that's, you know, like, I don't even want to say the angels because they're just, they they just have two like goats and they can't win but like you know you're looking at like the dodgers the yankees the mets um the astros have been known to commit money to people so the the list is short um the red sox obviously and you know the, the list is pretty short for the teams that are willing to do this type of deal and you know you have to wonder wh- like who is who is it going to be or where is the money going to come from so i'm very curious to see that and i'm wondering if he's going to get traded this year Or if it's really just going to be a next year type of situation when we see what that arbitration number really is, you know, maybe churn up some more value if the team comes short of the World Series, something like that. Uh, That's that's going to be a very, very, very interesting contract negotiation and you know trade negotiation potentially because we've seen you know harper walk from the nationals it, rondon walk from the nationals it wouldn't be overly surprising to see juan soto also walk from the nationals and i think that the nationals don't want to be left where they're just not really getting anything in return you know um so i, I could definitely see a trade in order but this kind of brings me to a different issue that i wanted to talk about and that is I was listening to Draymond Green's podcast, which I I like, I think it's a good podcast. Um, Not that I'm necessarily learning a lot from it, like, you know, schematically or defensively or or whatever, but I do think that uh, one of the things that's interesting is Draymond brought up this point and it was really talking about Kevin Durant. Now, one thing I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about this too. When I last talked about the NBA for a whole episode here, I told you guys that I kind of like the Nets and like, I think we grabbed like a 50 to one number and I logged it in the action app. And then now you see that number is all the way back down to 12 to one at most books. And that's because it seems like the traction to trade Kevin Durant, the traction to even trade Kyrie Irving has dimmed, like dimmed significantly. With that in mind, you now have a team with Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant. Um, you're missing some. Pieces sure, but you still have a great core there. I like Simmons. We're not really sure what we're going to get out of him after he missed an entire year due to injury and everything else, but I, I do like the team and the number is long. So now we have great cash out opportunity potentially. Uh, it's still possible that they move Kyrie Irving, but that's a different conversation. But this is the reason that I wanted to bring this up on Draymond Green's podcast. He talked about how you know if Kevin Durant asked asked for a trade, how he should be allowed to do that because he's like one of the best in the industry. He's one of the best players, you know, of all time. He's one of the best players that's active playing right now. And it's like, he's been given, he's been like looked at as like, if this is like an empty, in a bad light, as if he, you know, um, as if he's like quitting on the team or something like that. And I, <laughs> I don't like this analysis, and I and I, and because what he said was too. He was like, you know, if you compared it to somebody in say tech that worked at Apple and for a couple of years, then he left and he worked for Microsoft, and he worked left Microsoft for a couple of years, and he was like, I'm gonna go work for Oracle, and then he, I'm gonna go work for Google, I'm gonna go work for Tesla, whatever. And you see these guys jump around and it's because they're the best in the industry and they are allowed to do that. They've earned the right to do that. Now, the reason that this is flawed analysis, there's a variety of different reasons. Number one, you can't really just do that because most of these companies, not to get into the law of it, because as you know, we can get into the law of it, um, but Look, most of these companies, if you're that high up, you're going to be signing non-compete agreements. You just can't jump from company to company without having like a cooling period, essentially. They'll usually do something where they structure a buyout or whatever, but you're not necessarily allowed to go work for this company just like right off the bat, like right away. It's just, it's not allowed. And that's something that's built into people's contracts. There's certain ways around that, which we won't get into, but that's generally something that's going to happen, especially if you're that high up. In a corporation which is what he was alluding to he like is in a comparison with kevin durant like as if he was like a ceo or you know like a head of marketing or a head of whatever you know um it's different for that reason and also that this is the other thing when these players sign these contracts you're signing a contract to get like these this max money generally. This is usually who we're talking about with these trader devices, like max players. So, and the reason that they're signing these max contracts is because usually it's it behooves them to either to sign for more years because they can make more money the more years that they play because of the way the contracts escalate. And then the security that comes with a contract like that. If you want to be able to jump from team to team, you just su- should you should sign a contract that's for one year. Now, this is one of the things that I think is interesting because we've seen other players do this. LeBron James, for example, n- has never at least publicly anyway, has never asked out of a team. Like people have known like all right, he's going to leave whatever. He's been an unrestricted free agent five different times. In 2010, the Miami Heat got him in a sign-and-trade, which in order to get that max money at the time, six years, $109.8 million early termination option in 2014. So he had an opt-out. Then in 2014, he exercised that early termination op- option. He used a clause in his contract, and he signed a two-year, $42.2 million contract with the Cavs with a player option for the 2015-2016 season. The reason he did that was because he could sign it would it was essentially a one-year deal and then he would have the option to because then the Cavs got his bird rights, they would be able to offer him a bigger contract. So that's what he did. He declined the player option. It gave him a little bit of security because in case he was hurt or something, he would be able to opt in, have money, whatever. He declined it and then re-signed with the Cavaliers for 2 years. $46.9 million dollars with the player option again for the 2016, 2017 season at that point in time, he then declined the player option the next year again, because then the contract could go up once again. And then he, that's when he signed a three year, $99.9 million contract with a player option for the 2018, 2019 season. He played the two two more seasons the Cavs. And then in 2018, he declined that player option and then he signed with the Lakers for that four-year, $153.3 million deal. So there's ways that you can do this as an NBA player. Granted, it's LeBron James, so he's given more liberties. He's earned that. He can do that. He's earned the right to be able to do that. He's earned the rights to call his shots, kind of really call the negotiations. But at the same time, if you're Kevin Durant, You could have done the same thing. You could have said, like, I want player options. I want this. I want that. I want the ability to move if I want to move. You didn't do that. Kevin Durant took the money. So when you look at Kevin Durant's contract right now, he, you know, he came in. And when Kevin Durant came in, he, you know, he obviously played for the Golden State Warriors after, you know, leaving after leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um but what happened was he was with the Warriors for 3 years then he played with the Nets for the past you know 3 seasons but granted he wasn't he was hurt so he didn't really play and then now you're looking at the situation where he signs this monster contract he signs a 4 year 194 million dollar contract with the Brooklyn Nets which had about $190 million guaranteed, average annual value of $48.5 million. And, you know, he's got this contract that continues to ascend in value. He's not going to be an unrestricted free agent until 2026, doesn't have a no trade clause. And now he's saying, trade me, I want out. I got what I wanted from you, which was the max money. I just don't happen to like it here now though. So like, get me out of here. This is going to be like a really big sticking point in the collective bargaining agreement. And I'm not entirely sure what the way around it is. Like, I'm not sure if there's a way that you can pinpoint what the specific issue is and how to fix it. But when you have these players Sign these deals, and then you're essentially hamstringing these teams. And you know, I, like I, I'm a I'm a player first guy here. But when you're when you're playing with a salary cap, and Kevin Durant's going to be making 48 million dollars a year over the course of this contract, right? Now, a team if if the Nets want to trade him, they have to go find a team number one that is in position to trade with them. Can trade them players of that, that are close enough in salary that the salary matching works and then get enough return that you're saying like we're trading arguably, you know, one of the best, like arguably like the best or the top five player in the NBA right now, we're trading him to you, you're becoming a title contender. And then Brooklyn doesn't own their draft picks, really. So like they could tank sort of this year because of the way the swaps work. Because they can swap. It's a swap with the Houston Rockets. So if they're both, they're both going to be bad. So I mean, they could in theory tank, but um, you're hamstringing these teams because what are the Nets supposed to do when like they're like when Durant says, "Well, like I want to, I want to sign on this contract." The Nets already traded all these assets to get him you know, from, you know, and they moved assets, they or they've cleared up cap space, like whatever. Now you, now you strip this team and you're in this situation where then he says like, I want out. And now you're like, well, how, how, how do I recoup this? There's no way to recover from this. And that's obviously a risk that teams need to take to a certain degree, but these players can also take ownership of their own situations where They could just sign one-year deals, sign two-year deals, use player options differently. You might be losing guaranteed money, but I think that that's the cost of flexibility. And I think that that's something that's really interesting and it's something that probably needs to be discussed more. And I don't think it's, it's not about loyalty to the team. I don't really care about that. That's not what the issue is. What it is, is that if the player wants flexibility, there is a way to have flexibility but it costs you something. You can't have both. And I think that that's something that the NBA really needs to focus on, both the governors, the you know the heads of the front office, the brass, and the Players Association moving forward. Um, with that in mind, if I was the Phoenix Suns, I would have traded Devin Booker for Kevin Durant straight up. Like even if it costs like a little bit, Durant would make that team better. They, they keep Ayton. and I think that they're title favorites. And you don't have to give up that much otherwise. Uh, you can't now because Booker signed that uh, the supermax extension. But I, that's what I would've done. Now on to the Knicks, there's a lot of talk about Donovan Mitchell potentially being traded to the New York Knickerbockers, and they want a lot. For mitchell which i get but at the same time there's not a lot that they can there's not a lot of leverage like we everybody kind of knows like sure utah keeps saying like oh we'll build around mitchell we'll build around mitchell whatever we know that they don't really want to like they i think that they want to bottom out like i know that they couldn't run back the rudy and mitchell thing again and they just brought in like a ton of veterans, but that's not like a contending team. You're not going to get, you're not going to be bad enough to get a top draft pick with Mitchell on the roster. And it's like, it's Utah. Like you're not really getting marquee free agents over there. sure. Somebody might say, I want to go play with Donovan Mitchell, not the most likely scenario, so if you're the knicks there's no reason to really negotiate against yourself everybody kind of knows they can generally offer the best deal that doesn't involve sending a superstar back so with that in mind i think you just kind of stand pat and you just kind of wait for the situation to unfold you obviously run the risk that the jazz are good enough with mitchell that they're just like oh well we'll just actually build around him and like we won't try to tank we won't try to rebuild through the draft but I'd be a little surprised about that. If I'm New York, I would try to acquire Mitchell at most costs. I don't think you trade all the draft picks, but like there's ways to to send them with swaps or whatever that have a lot of protections and they don't actually convey. And it sounds like a mega deal, but it's not. And you you can move, you can match the salary without necessarily giving up Barrett. Although, as much as it pains me to say, I would move Barrett for a Mitchell uh, in a trade like that. But I also think that. New York, if you're New York, this is an opportunity to get that superstar that you've struggled to get. You know, probably wants to come, but he still is obviously under contract for a number of years. Good contract. Um, And then you can keep him. You can have your guy. And then that's somebody – I don't think that Mitchell puts them over the edge necessarily into a title contender, although the Knicks could always win the title. You you heard that here first. But um, I don't think that he puts them there. I do think that he puts them in a situation where people go – I would play with him and we would become a title contender because the team would be better with me there alongside Mitchell, whatever. Mitchell has that superstar potential. And something I talked about with Brandon Anderson it was whether or not we were gonna um, see if the the Jazz were holding him back or not. Like I said, if you're New York, I think you do it. You worry about the fit later and you just you make it happen because that Mitchell is the type of guy that somebody would want to come play with. And that's incredibly important when you've struggled for so long to actually get a superstar to come to you in free agency. And you haven't really been able to develop one yourself. So if I'm New York, that's what I'm doing. Um, I think I talked about it last time. I like how, I like what Philadelphia has done. I think that they will be good. Uh, especially during the regular season, you can see that there's some rapport that James Harden and Joel Embiid have. So I think that that's incredibly important. I think they'll be good. They're, the question is always health with them, but I, I do think that they will be a very solid contender this season. I expect them to be at the top of the East. Uh, with that, I'm not going to berate any of this stuff. I think you've seen a lot of my takes on Twitter and, you know, this is a quick hitter. We'll just let it get out there so my recommendation for you guys is i would recommend river tubing uh, i think i'm going to try to do it the, in the next couple of days it should be a pretty good time it's a nice experience you just kind of like load up the load of the tube with some beers um you maybe get a sandwich and you just go out there the, the water is nice and fresh it's nice and clean it, it kind of hits a little differently than the ocean and it's it's just a different experience you get some sun Uh, you can maybe play some tunes if you get a little speaker going on in there, make sure you tie everything down and it's, it's nice. You just get to kind of float around, float down. Sometimes you get some fast spots. Uh, my girlfriend has really shown me the ways of the river or the Creek as I'd like to call it. And it's a great time. So I would recommend river tubing to stay hot during these dog days of summer. With that, let's cash that.
1: We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York go. Say go New York, go New York go. Go New York, go New York go. We're back on track on the floor scoring Morris 94. And the Knicks are hardcore. And I'll tell you like this: we ain't never looked sharp. we with Hubert, Bonner, Greg, and Harper, it's the Knicks, and we're back on pace. Everyone's for the championship race and the fans are going crazy and they're doing it for a reason, cause 94 is the the season, you better believe the has got all that takes, we're shooting three pointers and we're running fast racing, if your defense makes a mistake, then BAM! If that's the case, we put Oakley and Mace in your face We draw charges and we send pics We are New York, we are the New York Knicks Say go New York, go New York, go Go New York, go New York, go Say go New York, go New York, go